Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Reading the Bible Responsibly. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. I want to get back to some listener questions in this episode. This question comes from my friend Mark. He wanted me to address the two flood stories specifically, and in general, the process of writing and editing, especially when it comes to the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. So for this episode and the next episode, we're going to talk about sources and authors and editors. We could do this with the whole Bible, but we're going to use a few passages in Numbers and Deuteronomy, and then later the whole Pentateuch as a jumping off point. For this episode, let's talk about authorship and inspiration. Specifically, did Moses write every bit of the law? And if others were involved, how does that inform our view of inspiration? Let's start by getting clear on a couple of terms. When it comes to biblical studies, the word law can sometimes mean a specific rule, like something in Leviticus. And sometimes law can mean the whole Old Testament. For our purposes in this episode, we're looking at sort of an in-between definition. The people of Israel would have called Genesis through Deuteronomy the law. That would be alongside another category called the writings. That's like poetry in the Psalms or history in the Chronicles. And a third category called the prophets, which would be the prophets you and I think of, like Jeremiah, in addition to, say, Joshua, whom they also considered a prophet, grouped in a different part of the prophets, but a prophet nonetheless. But back to the category of law. In Hebrew, this is called the Torah. You may have heard that term before. Additionally, you may have heard the term Pentateuch, which is the Greek term, and it means five books. So basically, at least in this episode, law, Torah, Pentateuch are the same thing, the first five books of the Bible. And those five books are associated with Moses. Luke talks about the law of Moses. Jesus talks about the things Moses commanded when quoting sections of the law. He also uses Moses interchangeably for the law, sometimes talking about two parts of the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets. The association of Moses and the law is strong, but are these New Testament people and passages making a claim that Moses wrote every bit of Genesis through Deuteronomy? Well, why even ask that question, you might think? What's the problem? I want to give you two specific instances that makes us ask this question. First, Numbers 12, verse 3. Here's what that verse says. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but if a person says he's more humble than anyone else, that's like the opposite of a statement a humble person would make. If nothing else, it seems difficult for Moses to have penned this verse. And then a more complicated example, Deuteronomy chapter 34. Look at verses 5 through 7. Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Okay, that's interesting. It's an account of the death of Moses. And if that's not complicated enough, skip down to verse 10. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Look at verse 12. No one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So not only does this passage speak of Moses' death, it speaks of it in like the distant past. You get statements like, since then, no prophet has arisen like Moses. And that kind of statement 
doesn't make sense if you write it only a couple of years after Moses' death. I want you to know that it does not undermine the inspiration of Scripture to suggest that, at minimum, someone, maybe Joshua, maybe a later author or editor, added this account of Moses' death and cemented Moses' legacy years later. Not all inspired authors are named and known in Scripture. I mean, who wrote Chronicles? Well, the chronicler, of course. That's what most scholars are going to say. And if you can go with me that, if nothing else, Moses probably didn't write about his own death in the distant past tense, and maybe he didn't proclaim that he was more humble than anyone else, then when we discuss authorship of the law as a whole, and various parts of it, like we'll do in the next episode, we're not attacking Moses' influence or questioning inspiration. This matters because a lot of people hang a lot on the authorship of certain sections of the Bible, and I just want to remind us that it doesn't have to affect our faith or a view of inspiration to acknowledge multiple authors and editors. These are all part of the process of inspiration of Scripture. In the United States, we often speak of James Madison's words in our Constitution, and that's an accurate saying. But we also know that many delegates were involved in drafting and writing the Constitution. Saying something like, Well, as Madison wrote in the Constitution, is not claiming that every word was uniquely his, but it is claiming that it's associated with him and he's the primary author and compiler. A similar thing is true with the Torah. It's an accurate statement to associate the Torah mainly with Moses and to speak of his authorship. That doesn't mean we have to claim 100% of it was written by him. We're fine acknowledging that we don't know for certain for instance, the author of the New Testament book of Hebrews, yet we still believe that book is inspired. And we can say we're not certain about the authorship of the entire Pentateuch and still believe that God worked through Moses and additional inspired authors and editors to give us what we read today in our Bibles. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this is helpful to you. Please, please, please continue to follow and review the podcast and share it with friends. That is just more helpful than you know. In our next episode, we're going to continue this line of thinking, and we're going to talk about why there seems to be two creation stories and maybe even two flood stories. What do we do with these details and these multiple stories of the same event in Scripture? Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.